0: You're on Radio 1, 91 FM, Political Spectrum. We've been talking a little bit about the latest news on the situation in Yemen vis-a-vis the airstrikes by Saudi Arabia and the Houthi-Shia rebellion there. And with me on the phone right now, I have politics head of department, Professor Robert Patman, from our very own University of Otago. How are you, Professor Patman?
1: I'm fine, thanks, Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks for joining us. You are uh, sort of the recognized expert sort of... uh, kind of in that area very close by and uh, international relations geostrategy. this is what we're seeing unfolding before us why don't you give me your interpretation of what's happening
1: well, uh, Yemen is in the grip of perhaps one of the most severe crises it's faced in years as competing forces tussle for control of that country and Yemen uh, is an impoverished but strategically important place um, why? Uh, Yemen is strategically important because it sits on the Bab el mandab Strait, a narrow waterway linking the Red Sea with the Gulf of Aden, through which much of the world's oil shipments pass. And before we get into the contenders for power, one of the things that is capturing the attention of outside actors is that clearly whoever prevails in the power struggle that's going on, and it's a multi-sided struggle, they fear... um, that that, that, that whoever runs Yemen could actually threaten the free passage of trade through that strait. Um, And so, yes, there's quite a lot at stake here. And um, we have had, as you rightly noted, uh, the involvement of Saudi Arabia recently.
0: Now, the thing that I find most interesting about this uh, current situation is, well... What what appears to be a, a strange double standard on the idea of uh, rebel versus freedom fighter there in the Middle East vis-a-vis uh, as far as Western intervention is concerned. Right. In a place like Syria, you have uh, the U.S. standing alongside rebels fighting a brutal dictator. In Saudi Arabia, you have the U.S. standing alongside a brutal dictator fighting rebels. Uh, I mean, everyone agrees that Saudi Arabia is a uh, hereditary monarchy, just like they're accusing Syria of being. And uh, in this case, it's okay for them to crush uh, rebels or freedom fighters, depending what side you're on.
1: Well, let's just qualify that a little bit. Um, I think the U.S. are not, at least according to its critics, the Obama administration, according to its critics, is not standing alongside the rebels in Syria. Um, There was a point in 2012 and 2013 where it looked like it was going to take a military strike against the brutal dictatorship.
0: Yep, that's right. Will Will Harris was very disappointed.
1: um, But it didn't eventuate. And so Americans have always been a little bit wary of getting involved in the Syrian civil war because they were worried they would actually boost forces like the Islamic State by sending military assistance there and also getting involved. So they, they've been a little bit, what I call, arm's length in their approach towards Syria. With respect to the Yemen, it's certainly true uh, that the Obama administration has pursued a policy of cooperation with the government of, of Yemen, the government that was recently in place until January of this year, uh, led by uh, President Hadi. Um, Hardy and Mr. Obama cooperated in fighting uh, the al-Qaeda group there. The yeah, lots eight,
0: of drone strikes in Yemen. And, yeah, yeah,
1: lots of them. And uh, they were done with President Hadi's cooperation. The problem for Hadi, however, is that there has been a rebellion led by a group called the Houthis, who are backed by Iran. This is a Shia group, and Hadi, his regime is essentially Sunni in orientation. So you have this fault line, which you also have in Syria, manifesting itself in the Yemen. And, uh, one of the reasons the Saudis have got involved um, is because they are determined to prevent, if they can, the Iranians coming to be the external dominant power in Yemen. Uh, and, so, and this also motivates uh, a lot of the pl- external players in Syria. Um, so the, the parallels with Syria and Yemen are interesting, there are differences, but in terms of external alignments, I, I think there are the, the parallels are worth considering. Because uh, if, the, if you look at Syria, um, some of the Gulf states, uh, such uh, and including Saudi Arabia, uh, have been de- uh, supporting the rebels uh, right. against the, the Syrian government. And the you know the only time, two times we've seen the Saudis really get militarily involved, have been to prevent Shia influence. First of all, in Bahrain, yep. where a, a Sunni minority government has basically crushed the rebellion with uh, Saudi assistance. And here we have in Yemen um, uh, uh, the uh, Sunni-orientated government of President Hadi, which has been effectively displaced from power, but the Saudis are taking action to try to prevent the Iranian-backed Houthis from taking over the country. So it's a complicated both internal and external situation.
0: Yeah, and I guess as you um you know pointed out, this is essentially a wider proxy war all it throughout is. the region uh between these emerging powers. And uh this proxy war is not going away. It appears to be only getting started. Uh lots of rumors of a planned uh well or currently taking shape naval blockade by uh Saudi and allied forces of Yemen and potentially a ground incursion. Uh, The formation of a new pan-Arab military force that just happens to overlap with all the armies that are already doing it, seemingly a decision taken in light of this current situation. News that the Iranian Navy has already set sail for the Bab al-Mandeb. Are we witnessing the unfolding of World War III in real time?
1: I don't think so. What I think we are seeing is the intensification of divisions within the Middle East, which have always always been present, but those implicit divisions are now becoming explicit um, in the wake of what was called the Arab awakening in 2011. And in a sense, you could the fact that Saudis are getting involved shows the extent to which the regime there fears the prospect of a Shia-led government on its doorstep, sharing a border and supporting um, forces which it would see as hostile to the Saudi regime. So the Saudis, you know, from their point of view, they're engaging in intervention for reasons of regime survival. And the American position is interesting. In March, they withdrew um, their military contingent. They had a contingent of special forces, a hundred special forces in Yemen, who were co- coordinating some of the airstrikes against the Islamist forces, mainly uh, AQAP, um, uh, the Al-Qaeda of the Arabian Peninsula, which was seen as the most deadly force. But um, we also know that the Islamic State, they carried out it looks like a series of suicide bombings mm. in Sana, in the capital in March 2015. So what's interesting here is that you have Islamic militants um, groups like al-Qaeda, and also the Islamic State, who basically oppose both President Hardy and the Houthis. So even if the Houthis get, they, they complete their displacement of President Hardy's regime, and uh, they've taken steps to do that, even if they're successful, they will face armed opposition as well.
0: The one thing they can agree on, uh, I guess, would be death to America, um- The other thing that I found interesting is that the U.S. uh, announced yesterday that they have seemingly reviewed their decision and will be renewing full military aid to Egypt, even though the uh, self-imposed military dictator who was the reasoning behind that suspension of aid uh, is still there and at the height of his power. A a decision that seems to be driven by uh, Egypt needing more warplanes that can't legally be sold to them because of what's happening right now.
1: Yes, well, the the, uh, the Americans and the Egyptian military cooperation goes back to the 70s, and uh, the Americans were quite slow to come off the fence when the Mubarak regime was in trouble in the yes. face of popular protest. definitely. It did it did adjust the reality, which is more than Israel did. Israel, it, le- it led to real tensions between the Obama administration and Tel Aviv, which, of course, will continue to some degree. Mm. Um I think the Obama administration is trying to uh, Abe is trying to strike a, 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 if you like, a pragmatic balance between continuing to support a country which is widely recognised as one of the most important in the Arab world in the Middle East, uh, namely Egypt, at the same time trying to be uh, support um, the forces of democracy in the region. But it's a difficult balance, and uh, it, it looks like it may be tilting towards the the pragmatic end of the spectrum at the moment by supporting quite a repressive regime
0: Mm. in Egypt. Well just before we have to let you go and we know you're uh, doing a lot of uh, great political researching there uh, one thing that uh, is sort of directly in your area of expertise that I learned this morning that really to me painted a picture of how bad the situation in Yemen is is we have Yemeni refugees of the current conflict fleeing to Somalia uh, the last place you would think that people would be fleeing to.
1: Yes, and uh, a place where there's also um, Islamist militants causing uh, mayhem. So it, it, it is a sign of desperation. And, of course, something like uh, a large number of Yemen is actually working in Saudi Arabia mm. as sort of guest workers. Yes. Um, it, it is a desperately impoverished country. And one of the reasons it's so quite apart from the fault line between Sunnis and Shias. But one of the reasons I think it's been so difficult to achieve stability um, in the Yemen is that for much of the 20th century, Yemen existed as two separate states. Mm. The Yemen Arab Republic in the north and the People's Democratic Republic of Yemen uh, in the south. And it's only in 1990 that the two countries chose to unify. And of course, it takes a long time I think in historical terms, to achieve unity, and it, it, I think that, that is another background factor which complicates the current um, chaos that's occurring uh, It's a human tragedy uh, that's unfolding, but it's you know in a sense uh, it, it, I think your opening remarks about the the tensions between or the implications of your opening remarks about the tensions between Saudi Arabia and some of its neighbors the thing about the Yemen it, while it 's a tragedy in itself. I think it could open up real challenges for the regime in Saudi Arabia because uh, this conflict could certainly spread, uh, particularly if the Shiites or the Islamic militants get the upper hand in the fighting in Uh, Yemen. It could have spillover effects.
0: And Saudi acted quite quickly. It uh, wouldn't necessarily appear to be a super-considered decision, and it's been pointed out, even in the Western yeah. sympathetic mainstream media, that it's not really a good look having the region's richest country attacking the region's poorest country.
1: Yes, and the other thing is that uh, even the Americans, who are, the American government, which is has close military ties with the Saudis, seem to be informed relatively late in the day Mm, mm. although the americans are now helping with the coordination and pinpointing of airstrikes that the saudi forces are carrying out in sana the capital of yemen so i think the americans to some extent are coordinating the saudi offensive so there is real challenges there not only for saudi arabia but for the united states as well
0: well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to thank us. You. And uh, I have a feeling it's not going to be the last time we have to talk to you about this, but let's cross our fingers. Okay, Cheers. thanks very much, Ray. Cheers. See ya.